Okay. So we are doing Monday of Bamidbar. We're in chapter one of the book, it's the first part of the book. Up to verse 20, we're going to go through the entire rest of the chapter today. What we're doing here is counting. As we're told that because of God's enormous love for us, he counts us. He counted us when we left Egypt, counted us after the sin with the golden calf, and now he's counting us at this point because this is a month after the conclusion of the tabernacle. So now that his presence is among us, he's once again counting us. So these were the sons of Reuven, the firstborn of Israel, their children according to their families, according to their father's house, by number of the names according to their head count, every male from 20 years of age and up, everyone who goes out to the army. They're counted ones for the tribe of Reuven, 46,500. 46, for the sons of Shimon, their offspring according to their families, according to their father's house, it's counted ones by number of the names according to their head count, every male from 20 years of age and up, everyone who goes out to the army. The count ones are the tribes of Shimon, 59,300. So what you see is we're counting males, counting males of 20 years and up, which is the age of the army, uh, I don't call the army, service, but the age at which they would become soldiers in the army. So it says that everyone accounted here ultimately died in the desert, as we're going to see in a Rashi later in today's section. For the sons of God, their offspring, according to their families, according to their father's house, by number of the names from 20 years of age and up, everyone who goes out to the army. The counted ones for the tribe of God, 45,650. For the sons of Yehuda, their children according to their families, according to their father's house, by number of the names from 20 years of age and up, everyone who goes out to the army. The counted ones for the tribe of Yehuda, 74,600. For the sons of Yisachar, their offspring according to their families, according to their father's house, the number of the names from 20 years of age and up, everyone who goes out to the army. The counted ones for the tribe of Yisachar, 54,400. For the sons of Zavulan, their offspring according to their families, according to their father's house, by number of the names from 20 years of age and up, everyone who goes out to the army. The counted ones for the tribe of Zavulan, 57,400. For the sons of Yosef, for the sons of Ephraim, can Yosef has two tribes. We say for the sons of Ephraim, their offspring according to their families, according to their father's house, by number of the names from 20 years of age and up, everyone who goes out to the army, the counted ones for the tribe of Ephraim, 40,500. For the sons of Benasha, their offspring according to their families, according to their father's house, by number of the names from 20 years of age and up, everyone who goes out to the army, the counted ones for the tribe of Benasha, 32,200. For the sons of Benjamin, their offspring according to their families, according to their father's house, by number of the names from 20 years of age and up, everyone has got to the army. The counted ones for the tribe of Benjamin, 35,400. For the sons of Dun, their offspring according to their families, according to their father's house, by number of the names from 20 years of age and up, everyone has got to the army. The counted ones for the tribe of Dun, 62,700. For the sons of Usher, their offspring according to their families, according to their father's house, by number of names from 20 years of age and up, everyone has got to the army. Count amongst the tribes of Usher, 41,500. The sons of Naphtali, their offspring, according to their family, according to their father's house. The number of names from 20 years of age and up, everyone who goes out to the army. The counted ones for the tribes of Naphtali, 53,400. These are the counted ones that Moshe, Aaron, and the princes of Israel counted. It's an interesting point that the Rebbe shows that all of the princes, all of the legions of the tribes, counted together all of the tribes. Twelve men, one man for his father's house, were they, meaning one prince per tribe. These were all the counted ones of the children of Israel, according to their father's house, from 20 years of age and up, and out to the army in Israel. All the counted ones were 
603,515. The Levites, according to their father's tribe, were not counted among them. So Hashem is now counting the Levites separately, as Rashi is going to explain. God spoke to Moses, saying, But you shall not count the tribe of Levi, and you shall not take their census among the children of Israel. So Rashi gives two reasons why the Levites were counted, but they're counted separately. One is because they're like the king's men, as we see in the desert, that the Levites really distinguish themselves as for the sin of the golden calf, where the Levites do not participate, the sin of the spies, where the Levites do not participate. So they're, the, they're like Hashem's special army, Hashem's special troops, so they, they shouldn't be with everyone else. Also, Hashem, of course, knows that everyone that was counted from 20 and up was going to die in the desert. So he didn't want the Levim, the Levites, to be included because they didn't sin with the, with the golden calf. And that's very interesting because officially the, the reason for the decree that everyone that was counted died in the desert was not officially for the golden calf. It was actually for the sin of the spies. When, when the spies came back and gave that report and it said the Jews cried all night and God said, oh, I'll give you something to cry about, that actually became the night of the ninth of up, Tishabov. He said, you, you don't want to go to Israel, no problem, you won't go. And none of the Levites sinned then, so therefore the decree wasn't on them. So the women also didn't sin. So all the women married to go to Israel. Of course, they're not among the counts, counts as the men. And all the Levites went because the decree wasn't on them because they didn't sin. But here Rashi's saying the Levites shouldn't be in this count because they didn't participate in the sin of the golden calf, which is telling us that even though officially and truly it's for the sin of the spies, this decree that they're going to be wandering in the desert for the next 38-some years, and all these people have to die out and cannot enter Israel, but really it was a combination of both sins. It's like when they finish with the golden calf, they still need to be punished, but like, not yet, like maybe the measure wasn't completely full, you could still moderate it, and then combine that with the sin of the spies and done. But since the Levites didn't sin with the spies, and even more significantly, the essence point didn't sin with the golden calf, so therefore they sh- they're not going to be in this degree. So therefore, they're not going to be in this degree, they're not going to be in the count, because the people of the count were the people the decree was on. It's also interesting pointing out, as, as, as Rashi is quoting here, that, that Hashem said, all those that were counted from 20 and up, the Levites were not counted from age 20 and up, this could possibly be one of the reasons why they're actually counted from one month. And you shall appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of the testimony, the Mishkan, over all of its utensils and over everything that belongs to it. They shall carry the tabernacle and all of its utensils and they shall minister to it. They shall encamp around the tabernacle. That's interesting because in the Hebrew, the that root word actually means to count. And we've been using it throughout these verses. But now the way it's conjugated doesn't mean a count, which wouldn't make any sense in this context. It means a point. When the tabernacle journeys, the Levite shall take it down. And when the tabernacle encamps, the Levite shall erect it. And an alien, a stranger who approaches, shall be put to death. So basically they're dismantling it when they're about to journey. Because, of course, in the desert they were traveling. Some days they spent a day in a place. Some days they spent almost 20 years. But they never knew. Whenever they were about to journey, they took everything apart, let them carry it till the clouds rested again, and that they knew was the encamping, and then they would set it up. So a stranger, meaning someone who is 
not a Levite, who's coming to do this service, to like help, oh, I'm going to take it apart, I'm going to establish, put it together. Um, no. He would die. Now, it doesn't mean that the non-Levite can't come close to them, which might be the misunderstanding of the verse. So Rashi clarifies, it means he wants to do their service. Oh, let me help you. It's such hard work. I see you're sweating away or you're in a big rush. You're like a little late today. Let me help you take it apart. Let me help you put it together. No, the service is only for the Levites. And if anyone else would do the service, they would die. And the children of Israel should encamp every man in his camp and every man in his division according to their camps, according to their hosts, their armies. So interesting, Rashi, again the Hebrew here, says each man should camp al-diglo. A dego very often means a flag. And many commentators understand it as the flag, the flag of each tribe. Each tribe had a flag. This is each tribe had a color. But Rashi doesn't understand it that way. He actually never used the word dego for flag. He uses a different Hebrew word, nace, for flag. So he's looking at the word dego as a division, like a, almost like a military formation. So each of the divisions that we're going to learn soon, how the Jews were divided, three tribes on each side, with the Levites around the tabernacle, and three and three and three and three, north, south, west, and east. That's your division. That's your camp. The Levites will camp around the tabernacle of testimony, and there shall be no anger on the assembly of the children of Israel, and the Levites shall safeguard the watch of the tabernacle of testimony. So what do it mean Hashem doesn't have any anger? If you act according to my commandments, there's not going to be any anger. But if not, meaning the situation, if non-Levites come to the service of the Levites, there is going to be anger. Like, of course, we see happened with Kairach. Now, Kairach actually was a Levi. Kairach the Levi wanted to do the service of the priest. And Kairach gathers himself 250 uh, people from other tribes who are not Levites or priests who also want to do the matter of the priest and says the wrath of God went out on them. So if you try to cross those lines between the regular Jew, between the Levites, between the priests, the anger goes out. The children of Israel did everything that God commanded Moses, so did they do. <laughs> 